Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to He Book, She Book, the pro wrestling podcast where your two hosts book and rebook your favorite pro wrestling superstars and storylines of the past, present, and future. My name's Mike. And I'm Becca. And today we're doing things a little bit differently than we have uh, in the previous episodes. We're going to start off today with SmackDown. Uh, I think the biggest match of the week clearly was Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. Built throughout the entire episode, it's the freshest thing in our minds. We're going to start off with SmackDown. We're going to get into Raw. We're going to talk about what's going on in the rest of the world of wrestling as well, uh, including Andrade challenging Kenny Omega, the AEW Blood and Guts pay-per-view coming up, and obviously first, we have SmackDown. So to open the show, Bianca Belair comes out and she's getting ready to introduce somebody, but before she can say who, the Dirty Dogs come out and interrupt her. Ziggler starts talking, the Street Profits interrupt him, then Bailey comes out and just snatches the mic from Bianca in the most disrespectful way. Very rude. And then Bianca in turn hits Bailey, and there is just all of them going chaotic in the ring against each other, which in turn starts the six-man tag team match between Bianca with the Street Profits and Bailey with the Dirty Dogs. Bianca ends up hitting Bobby with her hair at one point. Montez does his incredible frog splash, and then he ends up pinning Bobby. Yeah. Uh, I don't really understand. They've never really... I feel like they've never explained to us Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode and why they're together. Uh, But they are the tag team champions. They haven't done much with the titles other than just kind of hold them. They have no real relationship with Bailey other than... Bianca is married to Montez of the Street Profits. Bailey is feuding with Bianca, who's married to Montez of the Street Profits. <laughs> and Dolph and Bobby don't like Montez and the Street Profits. And it's all just this cluster to start off SmackDown. And, I mean, some of the best workers that they have in the company, Dolph and Bobby and Montez and Angelo Dawkins, Bianca, Bailey, were doing this... Bianca Bailey feud, we, I, I for one, I don't think we need Bianca with the Street Profits. I like them together. I love the Montez and Bianca relationship, how they're always hyping each other up. They're oh yeah, they're very, legitimate goals. Yeah, exactly. And I like that we're, because they've been on SmackDown I feel like a couple times in a row now, mm-hmm. kind of working together. This whole way we started off SmackDown was Bianca is like the... They did that promo package of how she is the B-E-S-T mm-hmm. of WWE. And then she like she's this smiley baby face, welcome to SmackDown. And it's not... I don't, I don't know. I feel like Bianca has more personality than just coming out and being the smiley baby face, happy to be here, happy to be your champion. And Bailey comes out and just laughs. Like, she doesn't say anything. She snatches the mic and yeah, just laughs. Yeah, but I laughs. think that's Bailey's way of showing her dominance like she just laughs at what Bianca has to say because she does not care about what Bianca has to say she doesn't see Bianca as a threat even though Bianca's beat her and is the championship like has the championship right now I think that's just Bailey's way of being a heel like she's just going to laugh in your face in every sense of the word yeah and she does Mm -hmm. and Montez pins Bobby as you said and I'm we're we're gearing up for Street Profits versus Dolph and Bobby, the Dirty Dogs. Uh, probably WrestleMania back, Backlash, I would assume. Yeah, it hasn't been announced yet, but that's what it seems like 
the route that we're taking, that it's going to be those two, probably for the championship, it's going to be those two teams going against each other. And Bianca versus Bailey as well. I I don't think... I mean, you can put the titles on the Street Profits. They're entertaining. They're fun. There's not a lot of depth in the SmackDown tag division. Really, there's not a lot of depth, period, in tag wrestling right now in WWE at all. It's a lot of just thrown together... Uh, teams with superstars that just aren't doing anything. So it's nice to have two actual teams feuding. I don't really... I think Bianca takes Bailey. We still have not heard from Sasha. Yeah, there's been no mention of Sasha, no sign of Sasha. And, which is fine. Mm -hmm. It gives Bianca a chance to kind of shine. They don't have to immediately get back into another angle. If it's something that they're going to hold off until SummerSlam, SummerSlam's probably August, so it might be you know, a little bit too far out. Maybe we're holding it off for money in the bank. But no Sasha. We're doing Bailey, Bianca again. And to me, that shows a weakness in who WWE has ready and available in their eyes that can take on Bianca in the women's division. And we went over this before. There's plenty of women in WWE that you could elevate to a championship match, right? Down in NXT. And on the main roster as well. The fact that we immediately go back to Bailey speaks highly of Bailey. Well, yeah, she's Bailey. Yeah, she's absolutely. She kills it as a heel. She's been doing this for a while now. She had that really long title run, which was great. I just, to me, I think this is more of a stepping stone kind of feud for both of them until they find something else. But I'm into it. I can do Bianca and Bailey again. Hopefully not too many times. I don't want it to be run into the ground how we usually do a lot of these feuds. That's something that I'm worried about, too, that it's just going to be run into the ground and that I'm not going to care what happens with either of them. Exactly. And that kind of brings us to things we don't care about, which is Nia and Shayna being women's tag team champions, still just taking loss after loss after loss after loss after loss. Yeah, so Nia and Shayna, they had this little backstage moment where they're just chit-chatting and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Tamina and Natty come and attack them. And then the next thing that we see is the tag team match happening between Nia and Shayna versus Tamina and Natty and Tamina pins Shayna. So once again, they lose. It's becoming just a joke now everywhere that Nia is slipping and falling on everything. Yeah. That they keep losing. At this point, I'm pretty sure we said it last episode that it looks like they're getting ready to break up Nia and Shayna. And right now, it's just... Cool. Yeah, let's let's have them lose a whole bunch. We'll see what happens. I don't think they have a match set up yet for Backlash. They might have announced one. I, I have a quick question. And, I, and this has been... <laughs> this has been on my mind. Little guy has a question, too. Um, we keep doing... These backstage segments, or even like in the ring where Nia slips and falls, everybody laughs at her, right? Yes. And backstage, like Mandy and Dana will come beat up Nia and Shayna backstage, like from behind. We had it again this week with Tamina, Natalia, and Tamina mm-hmm. attacking Nia and Shayna backstage. Now, we've been building up for months that Nia and Shayna are kind of the bullies of the women's division. Yes. But. There comes a certain point when you keep attacking a bully from behind. When are they no longer the bullies? 
Yeah, they're getting bullied. And yeah, that's what... For sure. I, we've been saying that since Mania. Like, I get that, you know, we made fun of Mandy Rose for slipping the WrestleMania entrance. They had to make that a storyline. It's best for Mandy if it, if it is, really. And they made it a thing that Nia was, oh, she kept watching Mandy fall, she kept laughing. But now, we're weeks past WrestleMania. Yeah, and, and it's we're still, still a beating thing. up Nia about it and Shayna about it. And it just it gets to a certain point where who are the bullies at this point? And what on earth are Natalia and Tamina? Are they bad guys? Are they good guys? I have no idea. I don't even I still don't understand how they're or why they're a tag team. No one does. They're a tag team because Natalia forms random tag teams every year. And every year they get this small push for maybe like a month or two and then they disappear again and that's what i'm expecting here i don't expect natalia to me to win the tag team titles i think that's just kind of just redoing Shayna and naya again it's yeah. just it's a very similar team they're the bad guys they're the bullies where are the riot squad i keep asking i don't we like <laughs> when we have teams let's use those teams yeah and mandy gets her own singles match this week that we'll talk about later on but yeah on smackdown there's not a lot of places we can go that's why i, th- I think the women's tag team titles being on both shows is becoming bad for nia and Shayna because it's overexposure yes and it's overexposure of the same thing week in and week out that they're getting attacked they're losing they're getting attacked they're losing these are your champions yeah, they shouldn't be losing on both brands. And I, I meant they had the backstage interview with the new, the new girl. I forget her name. Uh, a new backstage girl. That she says something like, you know, what? It Nia lost in a singles match. Shayna lost in a singles match. And Shayna interrupts her and says, well, that's because we're going to win as a tag team. We're the tag team champions. And then they lose as a tag team. So we keep knocking these champions down. And if they retain... They just, they're going to look weak regardless. So it's, it's at a point where... They can't retain. No. They have to lose the titles. I don't care to who. We've already talked about this longer than we had planned to talk about this. But, you know, what's what's next on the agenda here? Uh, well, there was another quick little promo for Alistair Black. He had more That's of a right. storyline. Uh, this time it was he was a little bit older. He was in high school. Still that same vibe as last time. We still don't really know what's going on, when he's going to actually get back in the ring, who he's going to get back in the ring against. I'm very impatiently waiting for it. I'm concerned. Why? Because we remember, I think it was last year, where Alistair would be in like a little turtleneck backstage in a dark room. Oh yeah, when he wanted people to knock on his door. Yes. Yes. He's looking for a fight or mm-hmm. something like that. Who wants to pick a fight with Aleister Black? Yeah. Right? Did anyone ever even pick a fight with Aleister Black, or, or am I just forgetting? I think there were, like, little random matches, but I don't think anything big came nothing out of ever, that. Yeah, nothing ever came of it. So now we're doing the same exact thing, but now it's, like, a creepier, he's talking about father. It's, it's very confusing. I think once it's all done, it'll make, well, I hope it'll make yeah. a little bit more sense. Yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things that I think we're just going to have to kind of wait and see where it goes and what comes out of it and just hope to God that they don't once again bury Alistair because he's great and he yeah. deserves to have more than just being yeah. swept under the rug. Alistair's a legit badass. Yeah. A great character. He's a big guy. He's not a small guy by any means. Mm-hmm. Like He is a believable badass character and we keep 
keep we we're just like when's the last time we even saw Alistair in the ring? We keep doing these like backstage segments like oh well eventually he's gonna come and he's gonna beat somebody up right? Yeah, and but even before comes. these backstage segments, he was kind of like. Well, he was gone for a minute. Yeah, yeah, we didn't even know where he was. There was no mention of him at all. Yeah. I honestly couldn't even... I don't remember the last match that he had, who it was even against, if it was even, like, a relevant match or just, like, something to fill airtime with, you know? Yeah, no, I remember there was um, rumors that he had asked for his release around the time that Andrade did. They gave Andrade the release. They did not give Alistair the release. They also gave Alistair's wife, Tia Trinidad, previously known as Zelina Vega, her release. So, like... They're holding on to Alistair for whatever reason. Hopefully it's a good reason. Yeah, hopefully it's a good reason. So up next we have Big E versus Apollo Crews for the Intercontinental Championship. I have been really getting into Apollo Crews recently. I didn't really care about him before. His new character is really growing on me. And I really enjoy watching him and Big E wrestle each other. I think this feud is great. I like that... None of it's been clean either. Like when Apollo and Biggie are wrestling and Biggie goes to pin Apollo, Commander Aziz gets involved. He pulls Biggie off and starts attacking him. This obviously disqualifies Biggie, which makes Apollo win and retain his championship. Yes. Then Kevin Owens comes out and starts attacking Aziz and Apollo, defending Big E. When that starts happening, Sami Zayn comes out and attacks Kevin Owens. Then he turns to Commander Aziz and starts telling him what to do. And for some reason, Aziz starts listening to him. Mm -hmm. And then he turns to Apollo and says, we're cool, we're cool, we're cool. And goes to raise Apollo's hand and Aziz then hits Sami Zayn. Yeah. Aziz hits that Nigerian nail, which we've known from years past as uh, Umaga's Samoan spike. They just, you know, Commander Aziz is Nigerian, so it's the Nigerian nail now. It seemed very thrown together, and I feel like we'll probably get a tag match next week uh, with Kevin Owens teaming with Big E versus Sami Zayn and Apollo. I hope that this is leading to a fatal four-way match, because these four dudes all together would make a banger of a match, especially for the Intercontinental title. If we could get Big E versus Apollo versus Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, any match that has Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in it, is going to be great. Yeah, like I've said, said it before. I'll say it again. Those two are just phenomenal against each other. And then Biggie and Apollo have been working very well together as well. And you have two different feuds in the same match, which I always love if you can cross-pollinate different feuds with each other. And then you have the wild card of Commander Aziz's outside. I think either way, the best-case scenario is that Apollo keeps the title. But I did like Sammy playing like... Sammy's clearly still a heel, right? Which is why he comes out of nowhere and attacks Kevin Owens. Mm -hmm. I like that he tried to get buddy-buddy with Apollo and Aziz, and it didn't work. Well, you know, it's funny, though, other than, like, it not working because how can you trust Sammy Zayn? Yeah. It started when Sammy Zayn saw that title sitting in the ring yes. and picked it up and you know you had could a moment with it yeah he had a moment yep. you could see he wanted his title back that's his baby that's where he started all of this paranoia from to begin with was yes. with this championship and then when they're like you know that what are you doing and apollo's like that's mine give it back to me that's when he was like oh no no no, we're cool we're cool here's here's your title we're cool we're cool it's a storytelling for sure and they're doing a great job yeah 
This is this is how you build characters. This is how you build feuds. This is how you build championships. Is by storytelling. WWE and professional wrestling in general is an art form where you're trying to tell a story. There's a good guy. There's a bad guy. The bad guy keeps winning, and eventually the good guy can overcome. Big pop. Everybody goes home happy. When you don't have any of that, and you just have these thrown together things, that's when the crowd just sits on their hands. Mm-hmm. And they always say the worst thing in professional wrestling is if the crowd is silent. You'd rather be booed than have a silent crowd. Well, yeah, then you know what's going on and how to continue that match. Exactly. So these guys know how to elicit a reaction. Even if it's not in front of a live crowd, they're eliciting some kind of emotional reaction. While we're sitting on the couch, we're noticing things like Sami Zayn having that quick little moment like, oh, I remember holding this title. I remember. I want that back. And then... You know, he realizes, like, oh, shit, Commander Aziz is here. I should probably give the title back to Apollo. I love if we can do this fatal four-way match. I'm going to predict right now, I'm going to go out of limb, that on Friday we do, uh, they announce a match where it's Apollo and Sammy versus Kevin and Big E, which leads into WrestleMania Backlash. We do a fatal four-way. I mean, that would work out perfect. I think that's what I'm going to... Make a little note of that and see if your prediction comes true. That's what I'm booking for WrestleMania Backlash. Because... We, I don't want to do Biggie and Apollo one-on-one again. I think that's been not overdone, but it's getting to that point. Yeah, like they're great going against yeah. each other, but we don't have to keep having them go against just each other. Exactly. Throw in some other guys, maybe go do some other things. They can come back, whatever. But... I mean, this feud's been going on for months. This is oh, yeah. Biggie beat Apollo repeatedly until Apollo... I forget what the words he... He, he started to kind of... Uh, he changed his gimmick from just the happy-go-lucky, smiley Apollo Crews, the great athlete, to the Nigerian commander. He starts really building from like his uh, Nigerian, anst- Nigerian ancestry uh, into this awesome character. Oh, yeah, I love this. It's way better than anything we've seen from him in the past. And you give him a bodyguard, which is a huge, huge guy that wasn't being used before. Apollo's in a great spot right now. And if we can keep building this up, he's not even going to need the title. He'll, he can eventually be, maybe, I don't know, it's tough to see him in the main event just because he's never been that high, which is like how most people feel about Cesaro. But if you can if you can elicit those emotional reactions and start to get real heat and start to get real um, momentum, it's something that could eventually, and, and it's not going to happen against Roman Reigns. As long as Roman Reigns is the champion, Apollo's not going to be able to work that that way up but if you can get a, a face champion again apollo could slide into one of those main event roles and that's you know right now it went from apollo having a very low ceiling to being sky's the limit with this character yeah for sure moving on so the big thing that everybody wants to hear about is the universal championship match now throughout the night there were many different things happening. Everybody has something to say about this match tonight, whether it be backstage or through a video. Kofi was there, Xavier was there, all videos. Uh, the Miz had a video, Cesaro, Seth, Booker T, and it was all very mixed reviews on who thinks who was going to win this match. There's a backstage promo with Daniel Bryan saying that if he wins, he's going to give Cesaro a chance at the title because that's what Cesaro deserves. Uh, at one point during Seth Rollins' little promo, he says 
that, you know, he has a past with Roman Reigns, so he's finally acknowledging that past, which we have made yes. comments on before that we haven't mm-hmm. heard anything yep. about that. So he's finally acknowledging that past with Roman, and then he says that he thinks that Daniel Bryan is going to win this match. Yeah. And there are so many mixed reviews of who thinks who is going to win, and then this match is finally happening. So it's Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan with the stipulation that if Roman wins, Daniel Bryan has to leave SmackDown. Yeah, big news, big match. So Daniel Bryan is obviously the first one to come out since the championship comes out or the champion comes out last. When Roman's music hits, it is no longer the Shield's music. Yeah. Roman has his new entrance song. Yeah, finally. Finally. And you know what? I like it. Yeah. I know I know a lot of people have a very like either no or eh. I think it's not bad. I'm just happy it's not the Shield's music and maybe that's why I like it. The thing that I am confused about though is why it wasn't brought at WrestleMania. Doesn't make any sense to me. Like, that was my biggest problem with it. Oh, okay. So I'm glad I'm not alone in that. I was confused about that. Why this wasn't just like announced to us at WrestleMania versus a random SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it is a random SmackDown. It's not, and it is at the same time. Because yeah, because this is a, a huge, huge match, huge match. But WrestleMania was what three weeks ago. You guys didn't have this music ready. Like it's not even like it's not a like this song is not. It just sounds kind of generic, but it's. It is unique. I remember Roman was teasing this uh, a couple months ago. People would ask him, like, oh, why do you still use the Shield's music? Because he had gotten rid of pretty much all of the Shield look. Like, he got rid of that vest, finally. Finally. He changed up the glove. He only wears it on the one hand. Uh, he's shirtless now. And now we finally get a new theme. And I'm not going to, like, harp on it too much because it is the first time we're hearing this theme. There's a good chance, because every time we debut a new theme it gets little tweaks yes. as the weeks go by. And ever since I was a kid, I always thought, like, the best people have lyrics in their music. Hmm. And Roman's never had lyrics in his music. No. Right? But, like, Daniel Bryan never... Like, it doesn't really hold up now, but, like, I feel like in, like, the 90s and, like, the early 2000s, like, you were the... You were well, think really... about it. Edge has lyrics. Well, and let's he has talk... I know. Let's not... <laughs> Let's not compare anything to Edge's theme song, all right? I know, it's the best. <laughs> that shit slaps so hard, it's disgusting. Um, but, yeah, we can't... Roman's theme will will be fine. Remember, like, they, they changed Seth's theme. Multiple times. From that, like, banger of a song that it was, that Burn It Down, to that weird, like, it sounded almost exactly like Bailey's new theme. Yes. And then now it's back... But then it's changed again. Yeah, they add when he was the Messiah, they changed it again. Like they added more to it. Yeah. They've done a lot with Seth's music. They have. They have probably and maybe done too, too much. much yeah. yeah. But yeah, Roman's got new music. He has completed the complete like the evolution of I was Roman Reigns of the Shield. Now I am the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns, and this match was great. This match was amazing. It was a very long. Pro- I mean, it was probably twenty minutes. That we saw, it was I think over a half hour uh, in real time with like commercial breaks and everything like that. But we didn't get any, like, there wasn't anything crazy going on in terms of like Daniel Bryan got cheated. Like, it, it's not a matter of like, oh, Daniel Bryan got screwed. Like, no, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns beat him. 
Yeah, Roman Reigns put him to sleep. Roman Reigns put him to sleep. Daniel doesn't tap out, so it kind of saves him that, like, quote-unquote humiliation of getting tapped out and quitting uh, to lose his career on SmackDown. And then we have Roman go overboard, right? For sure. He starts he to attack just, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, he doesn't want to just end Daniel Bryan's SmackDown career. He wants to end Daniel Bryan's career. Because as Roman Reigns has said many times, he does not like Daniel Bryan. And that's mm-hmm. why we had this match in the first place. Cesaro comes down. Swiss Superman's going to come in and save the day. He start. I mean, that uppercut he hit on the outside was I, some impact. I've been Roman. saying it forever. Cesaro is just so amazing. And then we get, he rolls Roman back in the ring. Jey Uso's here, obviously, because he comes out of nowhere. Like, I, like I, I imagined in my head when he came out of nowhere, I was like, this guy must just watch. Like, I always imagine like, him just kind of watching from, like, the stands and being like, I wonder when Roman wants me to come in. Yeah, like, let me just hop the And then, like, as soon as Roman really needs him, he's there. And he comes in, and he ties Cesaro's arms up in the ropes and makes Cesaro watch as Roman so Reigns... So disrespectful. Right? Roman Reigns places Daniel Bryan's head on a chair, takes another chair in his hands, raises over his head, and shitty camera work aside, uh, quote-unquote smashes the chair over Daniel Bryan's head. We get a concerto, and that's how we close the show. We didn't get, like, an end shot of Roman holding the title. It was more to say an end shot of um, that awesome picture from WWE.com of Roman holding that chair over. Cesaro's just looking. You know, he can't do anything about it. Paul Heyman's in the back. And Daniel Bryan's done on SmackDown. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... So we don't even know what's next for Daniel Bryan here other than SmackDown's out of the picture. So where is he going? Now, there's plenty of rumors. I know Dave Meltzer put out that he says that Daniel Bryan is going to be going to NXT. And honestly, I'm here for that. I, I love Daniel Bryan. I love watching him wrestle. And nine times out of ten, I love the NXT matches over the main card matches. And, like, I think that he's going to have really great matches in NXT if that's where he's going. He can be put up against some really good guys down there. Yeah, I mean, you think of the guys that they have in NXT that are the workhorses are all very similar in size, right? You have, like, the guys like Finn Balor, who, ex-Universal champion, right? Mm -hmm. In NXT. Adam Cole is in NXT. Kyle O'Reilly is in NXT. Roderick Strong is in NXT. Tommaso Ciampa. Johnny Gargano. These guys are guys that put on five-star classic matches. Like, I can't like it's wait to job. see Daniel Bryan go against like Ciampa. I can't wait yeah. for that. Like a, a Daniel Bryan-Gargano matchup. Gargano's already teasing it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. With like those, uh, those side-eye emojis of just like the rumors are, oh, like Daniel Bryan might be going to NXT. I don't know how much I believe it, especially because it's getting so much traction now that it wouldn't be a surprise unless yeah, they push I feel like it off. For maybe a few months. they just like go, you know, go home for a little bit, and then in a yeah. few months he pops up in NXT randomly. I think, but I think it has to be NXT because it doesn't. I don't want to see him on Raw because I don't see where you slide him in anywhere. There's nothing for him to do on Raw. There's not, you know, yeah, he's not it has face, to be NXT. Yeah, like we don't want to see Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus. Right? Been there, done that. We don't want to see Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton. Been there, done that. There's so many feuds down in NXT, which we could, shouldn't call it down anymore, but we're going to keep calling down. Because uh, as much as you want to promote it as a third brand, it's developmental. We know it is. Yeah, even though they have better matches most of the time. Yes. like And, you know, it's not for 
it's not to say that this talent isn't developed, but it's, you know, the, the performance center is where NXT, like, it's been the developmental brand for 10 years now. We're yeah. going to keep calling it that. But there are some real marquee matches. And Daniel Bryan, I don't know when we're going to do touring again in terms of, like, when we're going to start traveling and doing house shows and stuff like that. So it's not like he's going to get a lighter schedule going to NXT because everybody has kind of the same schedule right now. Mm-hmm. But I could see it from Daniel Bryan's perspective of he keeps saying he doesn't know how much more time he has. And I was reading an interview that he had the other day where he was talking about how he left that tag match he had last week. It was uh, him and Cesaro versus Jey Uso and Seth Rollins. And he said that his neck was wrecked after that match. And it reminded him, while he was outside, he was his daughter loves to pick flat, or, uh, the leaves off of the Japanese... What are, what's the tree we have in the front yard? <laughs> the maple... Japanese, Japanese maple. maple, yeah. His daughter loves to pick leaves off of the Japanese maple tree, and the only way she can do it is by being on his shoulders. Adorable, right? But he couldn't do it because his neck was wrecked. So he's now weighing of like, is it worth it for me to keep doing this when I can't do things with my daughter? He's a little angel baby. Yeah. So we don't know how much time Daniel has left in, in wrestling, period, as much as he loves it. And he talked about maybe going to other promotions. To me... This is a little like WWE saying, do you really want to go to other promotions or do you just want to face other talent? And if it's just you want to face other talent, there's plenty of guys down in NXT that that Daniel hasn't worked with at all or has worked with, like, like he has worked with Johnny Gargano years and years and years ago, right? Not in any WWE-related fashion. So the matchups are there. And he doesn't need the NXT title, so it's not like... I wouldn't put it against Karrion Cross. I think that'd be a waste of, of Daniel Bryan. But I think there's a lot of intriguing things going on there. And if Daniel Bryan's out of the picture on SmackDown, who is stepping up next to Roman Reigns now? Well, we still haven't seen Edge. We have not seen Edge. There's still no Edge. No. So, is he dead? Is he coming back? Like, where is he at? And that's my... Like, my biggest takeaway after, you know, what's next for Daniel Bryan, like, that's my biggest takeaway from this SmackDown is, once again, Edge is not here. Yeah. So, we don't know what's next. Is Cesaro going to get that next spot? Or is Cesaro going to start this feud with Seth Rollins? Like, we don't really know what's next for Roman Reigns at this point. Well, we do know next week, uh, when Seth Rollins was making his pick... When he picked Daniel Bryan yes. to win. He said that he was making fun of Daniel Bryan saying that if Daniel won, his first title defense is going to get be against Cesaro. Seth said, there's no way because he's not going to get past me. Next Friday, that was Seth Rollins' challenge to Cesaro. So I assume we get Seth and Cesaro next Friday on SmackDown. Maybe we get like a hinky finish and we do the, for the real thing at Backlash. But yeah, I don't know if we're really doing Cesaro and Roman. Because Roman really still doesn't acknowledge Cesaro's existence. Um, I still am of the mindset that I think Cesaro is perfect for the money in the bank uh, to hold that. But... Like, that would be the only way that he would be able to get this match with Roman. Because Roman is just refusing to acknowledge him. But if we're doing that, does Roman not have a match at Backlash? Because right now nothing's announced. 
And I mean, it could just be a random something happen. Maybe the other Uso comes out and says he wants to catch. <laughs> <laughs> it could just be yeah. something random that happens at Backlash with Roman where it's just like, this was easy. Why'd you do this to me? Or, yeah. you know, maybe Edge comes back this week and they could do another match. It, that's We don't know what's yeah. going to happen with Roman yet. We don't have anything in terms of who... The only thing we're building is Cesaro, which I love. The only big name baby face... Well, not big name, but the only baby face that it looks like WWE cares to build on the SmackDown side right now is Cesaro, right? Because mm-hmm. we have our mega heel in Roman who's dominating. We have Seth who's... Just killing it Just as Seth. this, like, uh, the drip god character that he has right now. Love it. Um, so we can do Seth and Cesaro again. We can do maybe... I don't, I don't see it being Roman and Seth. I I don't... Honestly, I'm going to predict that Roman Reigns does not defend the title at WrestleMania Backlash. And we get maybe it's like a number one contenders match between Cesaro and Seth for it. But again, I would love... To see Cesaro not only just in the money in the bank, but actually win that thing and make it so that, you know, he goes up to Roman Reigns and says, you won't acknowledge me. You want everybody here to acknowledge you. You won't acknowledge me. But now I have the money in the bank briefcase. You have to acknowledge me. Now, would you want it to be a surprise where he comes out and cashes in? Or do you want him to be like, I'm taking this from you at this pay-per-view? That's what I want. Yeah. I, want, a, I love that. Uh, it's been so long since we had like a call your shot cash in. Yeah. It's always... And it's, a, it's, it's a heel move to wait until the champion is down. Mm-hmm. Right? The Miz just did it. Yeah, and nobody's going to do it better than the way Seth Rollins did it at Mania. No. Like, so we then, already got the Mania cash in, which yeah, took we, way too long for somebody to finally do. Yeah, we need the announced cash in. I would love, yeah, if we can get Cesaro to win Money in the Bank and maybe call his shot for SummerSlam. Oh, I just be like, yeah. I'm not wasting any time with this thing. I want, I've waited 10 years, 15 years, 20 years to get this title shot. I'm not waiting any longer. You're going to acknowledge me. I want you at SummerSlam. That's, I think, the best way we can book it. We can, and we can just have Cesaro blow people's minds week after week. Just serve him up. Good opponents where he can just shine, shine him up as much as you can until August, and lose. Yeah. I if mean, he, I'd be so sad if he lost, but he would lose. I think he loses regardless, but you can... There's... It's again, it's the storytelling. You can come out of a match as the loser and lose none of your momentum. For sure. And look like a million bucks while doing it. Like, Daniel Bryan just did it at WrestleMania. Like yeah, he he's lost. all we want to talk about, yeah. but he lost. And he lost clean. Mm-hmm. Nah, well, cleanish. But the whole point is, if you can do, if you can perform the way Cesaro performs, you can lose a match and still come out of it looking like a million bucks. And I think that there's nobody that can do it better than Cesaro right now because of the way they're elevating him. Very slow burn, which is very rare to do now. Because mm-hmm. just we hot shot the title to whoever is the you know the guy at the moment. But Cesaro's been waiting in the wings since like 2010, and I think this is his time. And I want it to be that he controls his fate. Yeah, I would like that. I I have no objections with that. I think that would be the best way to keep him not buried. Yeah. 
you know, the best way to keep him, even if he loses, like you said, he still wouldn't lose that momentum and he still would be able to be looked at as like this incredible guy, not this incredible wrestler who then just loses. You could go your whole career and never win the world championship and still be a Hall of Fame talent. Yeah. Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect, never won the world championship. Razor Ramon never won the world championship. Like, there are plenty of guys in WWE history that never reached that pinnacle and are still regarded as some of the best to ever do it. And Cesaro can be one of those guys, but you want to at least see them in that picture of, like, what's it going to look like when Cesaro is finally eye-to-eye with the guy, and how does he respond to that spotlight? And I think he's going to shine regardless, and I think he's going to knock it out of the park. That's the that's what I'm excited for on the SmackDown side, and it's the... <laughs> I guess we have to credit Roman. He is consistently being booked in the best and most intriguing storylines so far this calendar year. Yeah, I agree with that. Outside of, like, The Fiend, but man, did we shit the bed with that. We'll get oh, to that later. Usually do. Um, but yeah, that's, that was it for SmackDown. Great show, all in all. Uh, a lot of stakes and a lot of storytelling, and we're going to move on to Raw. So T-Bar and Mace come out for their tag team match versus Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre. But before Drew and Braun can come out from backstage, they start arguing with each other about how Braun should have never got involved last week, and he didn't, Drew didn't need him to save him, and Braun is just so fed up with Drew that he turns around and goes, I'm going to beat them both myself, I don't need you, this is something that you couldn't do last week, and now it's no longer a tag team. So now it's Braun versus Mason T-Bar. They have him pinned in a corner and they're beating him up. And this is the exact same thing that happened last week with Drew McIntyre. This is the whole reason that Braun Sherman came out last week. And in turn, Drew comes out to help Braun. Now we do get this tag team match. So it gets turned from the tag team to the handicap match back to a tag team match. And now... T-Bar and Mace end up winning because of a countout. Drew can't get back in the ring fast enough. At some point before the countout, Drew accidentally hits Braun. Braun is pissed that they lose this match. And he turns around and does a running power slam to Drew and yells at him. And just, he leaves. So Drew is now backstage with Adam Pearce. And he says, I want a match against Braun later. Later, when Braun gets word of this, Braun tells Adam Pierce that if he beats Drew in this match later, he wants to be added in to the that championship match at WrestleMania Backlash. He wants it to now be a triple threat match between Braun, Drew, and Bobby Lashley. Yep. So when MVP and Bobby get wind of this, they're not happy. Of course. You know, they're... They're sitting there like, first they're like worried that nothing's going to happen. There's going to be no change in the match. But then they come down to the ring and MVP starts talking. With Bobby. And he says that it's disgusting that Bobby Lashley would have to defend his championship in a triple threat match. In a match where the champion does not have to be involved in the decision to lose his championship. Which is true. Uh, Bobby did nothing wrong. And this feud, this like couple week feud between Braun and Drew 
is now overlapping into Bobby's business, right? So Braun demands this match later in the night and is trying to inject himself into the triple threat match, which I would love to see, right? And we're going to talk to the, about the finish in a second, but MVP and Bobby Lashley together have been amazing since they put them together. Bobby Lashley is coming out, out every single week looking like a million dollars with that title, with the suit. He is built for this kind of thing, right? He's a legit fighter, right? We never bring up Bobby Lashley's MMA career, but Bobby Lashley has had a lot of mixed martial arts fights and not a lot of losses. Like, he has more fights under his belt than Brock Lesnar does. And It's interesting. I did not know that. They never bring it up. No. Like, they brought up Brock Lesnar being UFC champion and, and this and that. And Bobby has more mixed martial arts experience than Brock Lesnar does, which always amazed me that we never got Bobby versus Brock. It's just a missed opportunity that... I mean, it's not like we can't just bring Brock in for a one-off or so, but if that's what we're building towards, that would be amazing. And I, regardless of what happens, Bobby needs to be in this for the long haul. If we split this off into a Braun versus Drew feud for like a couple months, great. But we get this match later in the night, right? It's uh, it's Drew versus Braun. Braun wins. He's in the match at WrestleMania Backlash. If Drew wins, he keeps it that one-on-one WrestleMania rematch, right? Well, MVP tries to get involved. He wants this match to stay one-on-one as well. So he's going to try to keep Braun from winning. Yeah, he keeps trying to help Drew win. Yes. And then that didn't work out to his advantage. No, it did not. No, and then even T-Bar and Mace make an appearance again. Yep. And all of these distractions led to Braun pinning Drew. Yeah, so we get that triple threat match now at WrestleMania Backlash. And I, I have to, we have to reset here for a second because I said something last week about T-Bar and Mace. Which I guess we're not calling Retribution anymore. I don't really... They still have the theme. Yeah, but, but they're just going by T-Bar and Mace now. Right? They don't have masks, but they have weird, stupid face paint, right? I like the face paint. Well... It's better okay. than the masks. It's better than masks, sure. But I said last week that they were a cooler version of the Ascension. I am officially retracting that statement. <laughs> they are just as stupid as the Ascension, but they have way more potential. Because Dominic Dajakovic can go. Right? Like they are huge dudes. We know this because Dominic Dijakovic was in NXT, and we've seen him have bangers, right? Dio Madden we haven't seen much of, but, like, he looks fine. And they have the potential to be a really interesting tag team. Yeah. But as soon as I hear T-Bar Mace, just something about my brain is just like, nope, this is Victor and the other guy from Ascension. <laughs> and it's just not working for me from a gimmick perspective. The in-ring is great. Their double their double choke slam looks awesome. These guys move well. They work well together. Yeah, they have that weird count-out win over Braun and Drew. So they're, they're not losing. They're not getting squashed. They're not getting buried. They're getting time, right? Yeah. So obviously, somebody backstage sees something in them, whether it's one or the other or both. But there's a lot of potential there for them as a tag team. Unfortunately, we haven't seen our tag champions since WrestleMania. Because we may have forgotten, but AJ Styles and Omos, or Omos, whatever, however his name is pronounced, it's pronounced differently every week. Uh, they are the tag team champions. Yeah, and we haven't even seen them. No, and we do know that they will be on Raw this week. 
I don't know doing what. But that would be... See, I, that wouldn't even work because AJ and Omas are heels. And we can't... We're not going to do heel versus heel. Mm-mm. So, I don't know what... They haven't explained to us what T-Bar Mace's intentions are. They keep messing with Drew. And this time, they mess with Drew to the detriment of Bobby Lashley. Because they had Drew won, this is a one-on-one match, which is what Bobby wanted. Which is why MVP was trying to distract Braun. Right? MVP wants this match to be one-on-one because it gives Bobby the best chance of retaining. So now I'm starting to think that, yeah, T-Bar and Mace probably aren't in with MVP and Bobby. Or like they are and they made a mistake. It's very confusing. Yes. I don't, we don't know what's next for them. We don't know if they're the new Hurt Business or if they're kind of just like trying to find their own place too because are they going to get a new name or are they just going to go by T-Bar and Mace? Are they going to be paired with Bobby? Like are they going to be under MVP too? It doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like that's the, where, the route we're going but I don't see the route they're going. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the roadmap is for them uh, down the road. But we do know the roadmap for Braun, Drew, and Bobby, and that is a triple threat match at WrestleMania Backlash. Now, something that we didn't talk about yet. Backstage, when Braun was talking to Adam Pearce about being put in this. So now he's mad that Drew got to Adam Pearce first. Drew wants this match. Braun's like, fine, I'll be part of this match. But if I win, I want the triple threat match. And then he looks at Adam Pierce and he's like, or do you have to check with Sonya first? Because there is a crazy power struggle happening right now between Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville. We're still not quite sure exactly what Sonya's posi- position is yeah, right I, now. I, I did some digging on Friday after SmackDown. Well, actually during SmackDown. Because I don't know what Sonya's position is. Mm-hmm. And the best I could come up with was we know that even until last year, she was an in-ring competitor. She had that feud with Mandy. And then uh, some things happened in her personal life that she had to take time off. All of a sudden, she's back January 1st. She's wearing suits now. and she's, She looks so good. She looks great. She looks amazing. She's in these, these dope power suits. And she is now the assistant to WWE official Adam Pearce. Adam Pierce is not listed as a GM. He is not listed as a commissioner. He's just listed as WWE official, right? Whatever that means. And he is that for Raw and SmackDown. And Sonya is his assistant. But for some reason or another, Sonya keeps making decisions without Adam's knowing? Yeah, so like earlier in the night, Sonya... Is just walking around backstage, and then she walks to a back door and just lets Charlotte back in. The suspended Charlotte. Yes, she's supposed to be indefinitely suspended from last week. So it's only been one week, and Sonya's sneaking Charlotte in. And then she goes down to the ring and introduces Charlotte, and also brings in that ref that Charlotte attacked. Yeah. So... While she's out there introducing Charlotte, she does say that she believes that Adam Pierce's decision was rushed. So she's just putting Adam Pierce on blast. She yeah. is trying to take over Adam Pierce's position. Yes. And 
then she turns around and gives Charlotte the floor. And she's like, Charlotte's side, like, side of the story was never heard. She deserves a chance to tell her side of the story. She deserves a chance to apologize. And let me tell you, that was a backhanded apology if yeah, I've ever heard one. Real power apology from Charlotte. Uh, it was great. She apologized to the ref by saying, I'm sorry for manhandling you. Yeah. And uh, he does accept the apology. The f- They made a point to say that the fine was paid in full. And now Sonia is saying that this suspension is lifted and that Charlotte's actually going to be in the ring tonight. And then Charlotte, before they leave the ring, turns to Eddie the ref and is like, wait a minute, you just said you made a mistake. You need to apologize to me. Yep. Charlotte's so badass. Yeah. Like, she is just so powerful and crazy. She's really working the I'm Charlotte Flair mm-hmm. thing. Like, it's, it's like you get pulled over and you're famous and you pull it. Do you know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, she's doing that as, you know, she came back and she's the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Flair is the opportunity. Uh, and... She is working this power trip angle of, I'm Charlotte freaking Flair, Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to just deal with that. I'm going to get what I want. You're going to give me what I want. Oh, she did. He apologized to her. Yep. And then we go backstage, and Adam Pierce is not happy. He barely even let them get through the curtain before he starts, like, why did this happen? You know... Sonia apologizes. He straight up tells her he did not accept her apology at all. He doesn't believe her apology. And then later, Mandy and Dana are backstage just laughing or whatever. And Sonia comes up and says how Mandy is going to be that opponent that Charlotte has in the ring tonight. Yeah. So Just a little, like, a little throwback to the Sonia-Mandy feud, which was nice. Sonia hasn't acknowledged Mandy since coming back at all. Yeah. So she's going to, you know, throw this... Mandy is floundering with Dana. This whole thing is stupid. Mm-hmm. We talked about it earlier, about how the women's tag division is ridiculous. Nobody knows what's going on. And now Mandy gets a chance to work with the opportunity, and it's not going to go Mandy's way. No, Charlotte ends up pinning Mandy because, of course, she's of course. Charlotte Flair. Yeah. And... Now we don't know what's coming out of that. Like, we don't know what's next for Charlotte. Yep. Um, you know, so this power struggle between Sonia and Adam Pierce is great, but, like, what's going to come out of that? You know, like, is he going to then kind of penalize Charlotte for it? Is it going to, like, he just going to let it go? And is Charlotte going to be suspended again? Is the suspension actually lifted? Yeah, it's just, it's been building for a while because Sonia has been the one that like negotiates with Roman Reigns on SmackDown. Yeah. And now she's kind of flaunting that power a little bit more on Raw. I don't know what the payoff is. I don't know if they if they even know what the payoff is. Yeah. But this Sonya Adam Pierce power struggle is a is a very minor piece, but it's it's interesting. I'm very interested to see where it goes from here. I hope they don't just forget it and you know, nothing well, comes of to it. To me, it kind of looks like they're going the route of either like a shake-up or a trade or something like that. Like, put one with SmackDown, one with Raw. We haven't yeah. had GMs in a while. GMs. GMs yeah. in a while. Like, why don't we just... That looks like that could be an option. Yeah, I mean, maybe we put Adam Pierce on Raw, Sonya Deville on SmackDown, because Sonya... Like, if, if it, it could be a 
Roman gets sick of dealing with Adam Pierce. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Adam, you need to go somewhere else. I only want to deal with Sonya. So then they split off and do that thing. But either way, what's what's going on on, uh, what else is next on SmackDown? So the Miz TV is happening now. Um, John Morrison is here this week. Also with them are Elias and Jackson Riker. Uh, they're going to do an unplugged concert of Hey Hey Hop Hop. Now the only thing that happened really during the Miz TV that I thought was funny and should be mentioned here is the fact that the Miz is taking full credit for Bad Bunny being able to sell out his upcoming tour. Hilarious. It's fantastic. Yep. So as they go to start this concert, Damian Priest interrupts and then the six-man tag team match is happening. So it's Damian Priest with The New Day versus The Miz with Elias and Jackson Riker. Again, John Morrison's here, but he's not in this match. No. So this is The Miz with two other people, not part of his own tag team. But Morrison's here. He's in full support. His hair says drip. That honestly made me laugh. But then Xavier Woods rolls up Riker into like an insider cradle, I think. And that was the end of that match. Yeah, I couldn't have cared less about this. It just, it seems still like there was a plan for AJ and Omas and something happened that they've been off TV for a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And now it's just like, all right, well... We're just going to kind of, you know, bide our time and float around a little bit with New Day and Elias and Jackson Riker. Because, God, that segment was bad. Yeah, the, I agree the with that. Singing, the singing, it was just stupid. They come out with tomatoes and they just throw tomatoes at, at everybody. I wish I was making that up, but I'm not. <laughs> and, yeah, it was, just, it was it was silly and it wasn't good. It wasn't silly in a good way. Like, Miz can do silly in a good way. New Day can do silly in a good way. This was just stupid. And I don't know what Elias and Jackson Riker are doing together. I think Elias doesn't need Jackson Riker. And I think Jackson Riker's kind of just lucky to even be on TV at this point. But yeah, I I couldn't have cared less about this match. I'm, I hope that when AJ and Omas are on Raw this week, that something happens where we actually have some kind of clarity as to the tag team title picture. Because we're getting close to WrestleMania Backlash and we don't know... We haven't seen our tag champs since WrestleMania. Yeah, and we have no idea what's actually happening. Like, that tag team match, that six-man tag team match, wasn't for anything. No. So it's not like this is for the opportunity to wrestle for the championship at Backlash. So hopefully this coming week will give us a little bit more clarity and we'll be able to have some better decisions on that or discussions on that. So up next is Sheamus coming out. He's going to announce another open challenge. He says that the reason he didn't let the bell ring last week was because Umberto didn't belong in the ring with him. So then when he does say, all right, like open challenge, Umberto comes out again and another cheap shot and attack on him from Sheamus before the bell rings. But this time he fights back and he whoops Sheamus. Yeah. So I guess they're leading up to that. Maybe we'll see those two go at it at Backlash. We don't really see anything else happening right now with Sheamus. He's the only person that's been coming out for these open challenges. Well, I mean, yeah, he's making the open challenge and Humberto just keeps coming out. And yeah, I I don't, I haven't been given a reason to care about this. It just seemed very random that Carrillo, who we haven't seen in months, is answering these open challenges. And... 
yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll probably get Humberto Carrillo versus Sheamus for the U.S. title at, at Backlash. It's not going to go Humberto Carrillo's way. Uh, we're just... I mean, just keep the title on, on Sheamus, I guess. The, the U.S. title is too raw what the Intercontinental title is to SmackDown. And like we talked about earlier, the Intercontinental title has built and has story and has development. Yeah. The U.S. title has just been flip-flopping around for the last couple of months. It was mm-hmm. Lashley, it was Riddle, it was Sheamus. And it's just in... The U.S. title picture is, it is in a bad spot. And I don't know why. I don't think whoever's in charge of Raw cares about the U.S. title, to be honest. And it's showing up on the product. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that's really it for Sheamus. And then the next thing that happens is the backstage promo with Riddle again. He's riding around on his scooter and he's talking about Randy Orton and he's talking about how he likes that Randy just like squished his opponent like a sexy little mongoose and that had me cracking up. And then Randy comes up and, you know, Riddle's still talking. He's all high energy. And Randy has to tell him to shut up a few times. And he says, you know, shut up. But you did earn my respect. And RK Bro is a good tag team name. We have potential. Let's go out tonight and we can see what happens. We can talk about being partners, depending on how this match goes. So RK Bro versus Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. So once again, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin are pairing together, but not as the Hurt Business. Yeah, they're now the team that loses to other teams. Mm -hmm. Just plain and simple, that's their role now. Yeah, and then Randy Orton and Matt Riddle work together, and Riddle pins Shelton Benjamin. Mm -hmm. And Riddle, at the very end of this, is so ready to be RKO. He's... Or RK Bro. He's so ready for it. But Randy leaves saying, we'll talk, we'll talk. And he Mm -hmm. just walks off. I'm ready for RK Bro. I want it to be a tag team. I think it would be a fun tag team. Yeah, this was... I don't know if what I'm about to say is a problem or if it's a good thing. But I think this was the highlight of the show. Matt Riddle's hilarious. Yeah. All the backstage segments he's been in have been great. In ring, he's he's been phenomenal as well. His match with Sheamus, uh, even though he lost, again, what we talked about earlier, you can lose and still come out looking like a million bucks. And Matt Riddle has not lost any momentum after losing the U.S. title. And he he had that weird backstage segment with Asuka a couple weeks ago where he forgot what he was going to say and then just kind of sped off. Mm-hmm. And that has led to nothing but highlight segments since then for yeah. Matt I don't know if it was like, there's like, oh, you know what? He messed up, but it was still really funny, so we're just going to keep giving him these segments. Or if it was something clicked in him like, oh, shit, I can't do this on live TV again. And, like, he's now just really letting it fly. Because I don't think anybody's writing for Matt Riddle. It just seems like this is the shit that Matt Riddle thinks. Yeah, this just comes out of his mouth. Out, which when, is the best. When he said sexy little mongoose, nobody, nobody wrote that for him. No. That's what I'm saying. You, when guys can just let their personalities out and they're not just having to recite something that some writer wrote for them, which is probably what happened with the Oscar promo where he forgot what he was going to say, you don't forget what you were going to say unless you had lines that you were supposed to say. Yeah. So when he's doing these segments, like it's just free-flowing, and it's free-flowing so well and so silly and so funny. And, yeah, I'm down for like this 
you know, we talked about last week how Randy's the old man. Yeah. And Riddle's, like, the young kid who's excited that his idol wants to play with him. And Randy's like, I don't know if I want to play with you. But if it... I mean, Randy's gives... coming around to it. He said, we'll he talk. Is... We'll see where it goes. Yeah. I mean, it's something for Randy to do. Because uh, Randy can do whatever he wants. He's at that point in his career, and he has been for years, that he can do whatever he wants. He's made that clear. Yeah. He's made that clear on Twitter, too. He can oh, say yeah. whatever he wants as well. And... Pretty sure he said that in the Steve Austin interview, too. Yeah, like, he has mm-hmm. he has so much freedom that comes with spending 20 years with the same company. And there's never going to be a point where he could mess up and they'd be like, okay, we're going to let you go. Because they know what that means. No, that, he was, like, bred into the WWE and he yeah. would die with the WWE. Yeah. Like, that's... And... Yeah. He's their baby. He can do... We can do Matt Riddle and Randy for the tag titles because Randy and AJ Styles have a history uh, from the SmackDown Live days. And if we want to do that for the tag titles, I'm in. Yeah. It's been a while since Randy's had a tag team in general. So... And come on, RK Bro. That's a great name. It's like... It's a little on the nose, but... uh, (laughs) Yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy Matt Riddle. I love Randy Orton. I couldn't care less about Shelton and, and Cedric, and that's exactly what they want right now. Yeah. They don't want us to care about them. They are the team that eats pins, and they just lose. And they do a great job of doing it. Yeah, they do. And, yeah, this leads us to... Something that you don't want to talk about, and I promise it'll eventually then... We'll come back to something that you do want to talk about. Okay. We are going to talk about the six-woman tag team oh, match. Oh, Jesus. So, it's Asuka is with Lana and Naomi. And mm-hmm. they're going against Rhea, who's with Naya and Shayna. So, something weird that happened backstage before this match. Naya, Reggie's here again. So, Naya and Reggie are walking around. And Naya gets flowers. I forget who from. Uh, so she gets Angel Garza. Right. She gets flowers from Angel Garza. And then when she's walking past Dana and Mandy, hits Dana with the flowers saying, put these in water. So Hilarious, honestly. During their match, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose come out again to distract Naya. And this time Shayna's like, no, you're not getting distracted. I'll go take care of them. And they throw a bucket of water on Shayna. So Shayna's sitting there stunned like, oh my god, I'm all wet. And Naya comes running around and she slips in the water. And she slips twice. So now here we are again with mm-hmm. Naya messing up. She got distracted. She slips. She falls. Dana, Brooke, and Mandy are laughing. They leave as Naya's struggling to get up. Who is this for? You got me. I have no idea. Who is entertained by this? I don't know. That's what we're back to saying that, like... They're bullying Naya at this point. It's all, I guess, for Naya and Shayna to start feuding against each other to just break them up. Because the match continues on while this is happening. And there were a couple of times throughout this match that I thought that Lana was either going to pin or roll up Rhea. Yeah, no, there were a couple of And I was honestly nervous at one point. I was shocked by that. But of course, you know, Rhea turns the tables. She tagged in Naya and Nana pins Lana. So Naya and Shayna finally got a win, which they have not had in a while. 
And that ends that. I don't really, we don't know what's next for anybody. They haven't really set anything up. There's so many women in this match again that we don't know who's going to be next in line for the tag team. We don't know if there's going to be a backlash match. Yeah, so I pointed this out to you when we were watching it. One small thing about this was they put Rhea. Yeah, is Rhea supposed to be a bad guy? Exactly. They put Rhea on the heel side and Asuka on the face side. Now, does that mean Rhea's a heel? Not necessarily, but it kind of looks like they're making her a yeah, heel like without telling us that she's a heel. Make, it doesn't. It, I don't the think they know what to do with the women right now. The whole such a yeah. weird flux, and I hated pretty much all of this match, these backstage segments. I don't want to talk negatively about like any segments or superstars individually, and like I I love wrestling. Right? Love men's wrestling, love women's wrestling, doesn't matter. The women's wrestling division on Raw and, like, the SmackDown uh, tag side, I don't know what they're doing. Well, that could bring us into the next thing, which is something that I know you will like talking about. Alexis Playground. Yeah. So, they keep making it known that Alexa's new friend Lily does not like the women's division. And I think Alexa... Apparently I'm Alexa's friend Lily then. Yeah. Well, I think Alexa is going to be what... Or could potentially be what brings more entertainment and better matches to the women's division. Like, when is she going... Who is she going to feud with? Alexa? Yeah. I have no idea. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, they don't really know anything that... We don't know what the route is for the women's division. And... We don't know what the route is for Alexa either. It's very similar to what they were doing with Alistair on SmackDown. Like, yeah. The backstage segment was like, oh, what are they going to do with them? We haven't seen The Fiend since WrestleMania. Or no, we, we saw Bray. Yes. We've had a, a fun house with Bray, but we haven't... We didn't see him this week, right? Mm-mm. We just had Alexa talking about Lily again. And I, Alexa's great. I've been a fan of Alexa since NXT. I don't know what is next for her. I don't know what Lily is going to bring... To her, in terms of at least like in ring stuff, I can't imagine it being anything. Well, Unless she Lily kept is like saying person. She kept saying throughout this playground promo that you know you can have your own Lily too, and don't blame I me. I thought honestly that was going to be a WWE shop thing. Oh yeah, it's like you can have a Lily too, and then like, like oh for twenty dollars <laughs> you can get a Lily doll. Yeah, and then they, she also kept saying like don't blame me, Lily made me do it, but she also said that Lily's ready to play. Yeah. And that's what makes me think, like, she's going to come in and shake up this women's division. And that's what we need. We need a little bit of a shake-up. We have not seen her wrestle in a while. At least... It's been a long like, time. Like, really we've wrestle. Seen wrestle. We've yeah. seen her do, like, weird random things with The Fiend and with Randy Orton. But even that, it was mostly her just standing there. And, like, the random fights that she had with, with Nikki beforehand, when her and Nikki started going at it right before she became The Fiend's, like, right hand, yeah. that... You know, that's kind of the last time we've really seen her wrestle. And even then, it was a lot of, like, in and out and costume change. And it, it wasn't really wrestling. And I, I think that Alexa might be... I think I'm hoping that Alexa might be yeah. our our help here. Now, you did say something that that maybe Lily's a person. I don't, I don't think she is. Well, remember how we thought that Alexa might be Sister Abigail? Yeah. You know, so I think they're kind of doing the same thing with that, where it's like, is Lily a person? Is Lily just in her head? If Liz, if well, like, Lily is a, per- a doll. 
Yeah. We know that for sure. Lily is the doll that's next to her. She's apparently had her her whole life, and Lily speaks to her, and I don't know where we're going with it. If Lily's a person and she's not Nikki Cross, I'm going to be mad. Like, I'm going to be mad. Like, I feel like that's your only option is to put her kind of back with Nikki. And that's another person. We haven't seen in a while. We haven't seen in a while that, again, WWE has all of the women's talent they could possibly ever know what to do with, and they're not using them. Which... Real quick, because this is we're done with Raw and SmackDown, right? Yeah. So we heard Mick Foley was on Twitter and said the WWE needs to create an all women's brand, which Mickey James, who recently got released, uh, had said that she had brought the idea to somebody that WWE should have an all women's wrestling brand. Okay. I disagree completely. I disagree, too. I think that it would kind of flounder the way that 205 Live did. Yeah. And, like, I, I don't... I think I would just be scared that you you wouldn't see the women anymore. Like, we don't yeah. need to separate them for them to be good. Here's an idea. Give us good matches. Yeah. The 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 idea... I, I love Mick Foley. Okay? Oh, yeah. Have my whole life. I have a Mr. Sacco personally drawn by Mick Foley. I, he has great opinions. Yeah, and he's he, not afraid to like go against what Vince wants. And right? he, he loves the women talent. And he loves the female talent. He's a big Rhea Ripley fan. He's a big Bianca fan. He had like a, he did like a Facebook live uh, before the Rumble explaining why Rhea Ripley should win the Rumble. And he's a great spokesperson for, the fact that he even still can speak is amazing to me. <laughs> Love but, that man. Yeah, he's just, he's a great presence to still have in wrestling. And his intent behind his words, we know was good. Mm-hmm. But we, when the women's wrestling, not the not the wrestling in general, but when the women's storylines and the storytelling on Raw and SmackDown are not good, what makes you think that it would be any better if they had their own show? There are three hours of Raw. Yeah, Every single can't we week. just find more time with better matches on Raw? Yeah, you can have an hour of Raw. Not just like, you could. You wouldn't say like, oh, the first hour of Raw or the second hour of Raw is all women. But you can have an hour's worth of women's wrestling on Raw. And that could be basically what you're asking for. And then you could do another half hour, 45 minutes on SmackDown, which is kind of what we're getting anyway. There's no reason to do a, and again... I don't mean this in a negative way. There's no reason to do an all-women's brand for WWE when there's already six hours of wrestling that WWE produces every week, not including 205 Live. Yeah. That's just Raw SmackDown and NXT. Get <laughs> get good at doing these storylines Yeah. on the shows that you already have instead of creating a whole different show for it. Yeah, just give us better matches, and we wouldn't need that. When they started 205 Live, it was they made it a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, we're going to do this on Raw every week, and then it's like, okay, now we're going to just put it on the WWE Network, and we totally forgot it even exists. Yeah. To the point that the Cruiserweight Championship is now on NXT. Like, we did that Cruiserweight Classic tournament, and it was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. And that's what made 205 Live whatever. We had the Mae Young Classic with all the women, and it was great. We can do more of that. Like, if we want to do an all-women's tournament, cool. Yeah, here's but we don't need a weekly show because they're going to get bored of it. Why was there not an Evolution 2? Well, rumor has it, it was the least watched pay-per-view 
So why would we have a brand with just the women? We exactly. don't need yeah. that. Like it. I liked Evolution. I had no problem. Yeah, I liked Evolution too, but and I think there should have been more of that. Yeah. That's enough. Yeah. Give us more just women pay-per-views and no yeah. just women's a, brand. A weekly women's brand doesn't help the women at all. If mm-hmm. anything, it's going to lead to... I mean, it, like, it would get talent more used, but you have so much time to use this talent oh, already. Oh, yeah. But I think... And I'm not, you know, I'm not advocating that anyone lose their job, but WWE has way too much talent in mm-hmm. general. They've been snatching up talent to take them off the independent scene, to take them away from AEW and Impact and New Japan and AAA. Some of these some of these people are going to just end up leaving, and they're going to be better off for it. Like Andrade, who... Yeah, go build your name. Exactly. And then come back later. Yeah, Drew McIntyre did it. Now he's like one of the biggest yeah. names in the business. Uh, Bobby Lashley, same thing. But Andrade... Big news on the Andrade front, ladies and gentlemen. Last night, he announces that he would like to go to AAA at Triple Mania, uh, Mexican promotion, their biggest show of the year, and face Kenny Omega, who is currently the AAA Mega Champion, the Impact World Champion, and the AEW World Champion. Andrade wants to face Kenny at Triple Mania because... Kenny is a Canadian holding the Mexican championship, and Andrade wants a Mexican champion to hold that AAA championship. I love this for Andrade. Kenny Omega, outside of WWE, like that universe, Kenny Omega's the biggest star in wrestling. Definitely. He's putting on classic matches, awesome matches. He's collecting belts like crazy. He just recently beat Rich Swan to take the Impact World Championship. He's been AAA champion for a little bit, AEW champion for a while. This is huge for Andrade. He was always... There's two Mexican promotions. There's CMLL and there's AAA. And Andrade was a CMLL guy. But it looks like he's going to just be everywhere as much as he can. And the first match we knew that was announced for Andrade, which we weren't fans of hearing about, was Andrade was going to face Alberto Del Rio. I was also confused about it because I didn't even realize that Alberto Del Rio was still wrestling. Yeah, he is. I didn't even know that. Well, like he's con- he's he's around, yeah. and I want to talk about Alberto Del Rio as little as I possibly can. In yeah, my I'm life. fine with that. Um, but we do know that it was announced Andrade versus Alberto Del Rio in Del Rio's promotion, uh, Nacion Lucha Libre. I don't care about that match. I'm probably not going to watch it. But I will watch Andrade at Triple Mania versus Kenny Omega. That's a huge one, and that also leads us into next week. We are planning to do two shows. Yes. We are planning to do a Raw and SmackDown evaluation, reaction, whatever. Also with our predictions for WrestleMania Backlash. Yes. And because it's a big week in wrestling, we are going to be covering the AEW Dynamite, which is going to be uh, AEW Blood and Guts on Wednesday night. Last year they were supposed to do this match, the Blood and Guts match, which is like a... It's explained kind of like it's war games, like old school eight, uh, NXT does war games now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be the Inner Circle, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana Ort- and Ortiz versus The Pinnacle, which is MJF, Wardlow, Sean Spears, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Hardwood in a blood and guts match, which, again, seems like it's a war games rules match, two cages, one ring, or two cages, two rings. Um, 
But that's gonna be that's gonna be a big show because we also have Cody Rhodes versus Cutie Marshall, uh, Kenny Omega and MT Nakazawa versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Britt Baker will be there. We're gonna be covering that match, uh, which happens on Wednesday night, and we're gonna be covering what happens on NXT this week uh, in its own show. We don't know if we're gonna be doing that on a week to week basis, but we do want to keep covering all of the biggest events that are happening in in wrestling, the wrestling world. But yeah. That wraps up today's show. We will see you guys. Hopefully we'll have it up on uh, Saturday covering what happened on AEW Dynamite, on NXT, and then catch us here again Monday for your Raw and SmackDown recaps. Anything else you got? No, that's everything. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at HeBookSheBook. And don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Monday to HeBookSheBook wherever you get your podcasts.